Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Can't stop praising his name. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Almighty God, we thank you for our time this morning. We thank you for your presence right now. For you are good, Lord, kind, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, patient for us. And Lord, we just give you all the glory. Almighty Father, touch us now. Strengthen us now, O oh God. Set our hearts and minds towards your word. And Lord, that you might be blessed and we might be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Father, hide me behind the cross that I might not be seen, but that you might be seen. Oh God, think with my mind and speak with my mouth those things you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. That one that is here today and online that may not be saved, we ask, oh God, by the power of your strength, draw them to yourself. And Father, those that are saved, oh God, and going through all kinds of ups and downs, and Father, they may want to come to praise. Lord, touch them that they may come. Those, oh God, that they need you right now. Father, there's an old gospel song that said, we need thee every hour, and every hour we need you. Bless us, oh our God. We shall give you the praise. Now bless us, O oh God, today in Jesus' name. May thy word go and accomplish what it come, goes out to do. We ask it in Christ's name. And all said amen. Amen, amen. and amen. Praise God's holy name. As you are standing, will you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And as you online, would you turn to Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And when you get to Matthew 28, verse 16, would you say amen? amen. Uh, that's a little light. Maybe everybody hasn't got there yet. I, I don't want you to miss this. Amen. Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. Have we gotten there yet? Amen. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Amen. Well, read along with me as Matthew lays it out. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end 
of the age. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. Would you go ahead and take your seats? For our topic this morning, for this text, disciple-making, reaching lost people for Christ. Disciple-making, reaching lost people for Christ. Before we get into that, I want to remind us again our focus this year is revival for survival. From Psalms 80 verses, 6, 80 verses 18 and 19. It's not that we talk about revival as many of us remember back in the day. But revival itself is to restore. It's been on my heart that I believe that God put it on my heart that we, we are doing some things all right. But we're not all right. There's a lack of love between us, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Not only do we have a lack of love, when you remember the first sermon that I preached on this area was we've lost our first love. And I love the fellows that put the song together, falling in love with Jesus. That's what we ought to do. If you feel a little cold, come on and fall back in love with the Lord. We need to be revived so that we might survive the rest of the issues that are coming our way. Yes. It's all about the house of the Lord, not those on the outside unless we're trying to reach them. But we need to be restored. Yes. We need to be a disciple-making church. Yes. Let me say it again. We need to be a disciple-making church. I'm sure you're wondering what that all means. Hold on. We're going to get there. Revival for survival. But remember today about this message. Disciple making. Reaching lost people for Christ. When was the last time you led somebody to Jesus? Well, that's just too long. When was the last time that you sat with a new brother or sister to disciple them? to help them to, 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 to get into, be in, into the faith and trust God uh, for themselves and then make disciples. Well, we'll get into all of that. Hopefully, it'll bless you. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, gives us a command in our text today called the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission, you might ask? It is God's instruction to us to not only make disciples, but those whom we teach to become disciple makers. We are good at coming to the big show on Sunday. Mm -hmm. We show up, I mean, not everybody shows up, but we show up. Music is good, somebody ought to say amen. Preaching good too, somebody ought to say amen again. Hugging going on. Ain't nobody been discipled. Why? We're going to talk about that too. You see, if we are not a, a disciple-making church, we will we, have people in the sanctuary, but we're going to miss folk that we need to get in touch with. Listen to an illustration 
from the, a, a book that I was looking at, The Great Imbalance by an, uh, uh, Dave, uh, David Platt. He's a pastor, and he wrote this book, and this is from that. He says, The Great Imbalance, that's the name of the book. And it says this, the ultimate purpose of God is to bring people from all nations. Greek is pentata ethne, which means all ethnic groups. We, the world has this thing and got us incorporated in it that we call this race, that race, that race, the black, the white race, the Hispanic race. No, it ain't but one race, that's a human race. We are ethnic groups all over the place. Globally, Platt continues, over 3 billion people in over 7,000 people groups are currently unreached by the gospel. If left unreached by the followers of Christ, Platt declares, they are on a road that leads to an eternal hell without ever even hearing how they can go to heaven. You're right to sit there being quiet. That, that, that's just mind-blowing. But I want you to think about your neighbor. I, I want you to think about them folks that you really don't like. Now, I want you to think about them folks that you're going to go see tomorrow on your job that you just have to take two or three extra cups of coffee just to get there and to stay there. Do, do y'all, can y'all say amen? Amen. amen. To, to y'all that really get on your last nerve, you got to go in the bathroom just to pray. Woo, help me, Jesus. Before we go postal. Oh, y'all act like y'all never thought about that. God know all about you. But there are three things we will focus on concerning making disciples, and they are as follows. Go, number one, go and make disciples. Go and baptize. Go and make disciples is what we're going to start with. Are you going to teach? I'm sorry. The last one, as you are going, teach. Dr. Blocker has already started a class six weeks. Is that right, Dr. Blocker? It's six weeks discipleship. We want you to get into that. But let's look at the text. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. This is after the resurrection of the Lord. And he's telling, he, they are actually saying what he told the women that came to the tomb to go and tell my disciples I'm going to meet him over in Galilee. So that, that's where this is coming from. And so they, they went there and Jesus had appointed for them this place. But after the resurrection of the Lord, he gave instructions to his disciples to meet him in Galilee. And he had just one last command for his disciples and really to us who follow the disciples, us to accomplish not just us at Truvine, but every church open in the name of Jesus is to all of us. We are doing a very poor job of discipling people. We're going to explain it. Verse 17, and when they saw him, the disciples, they worshiped the Lord, but I thought it was interesting that some doubted. You see, as the disciples were going, there were a lot of people following them. It looks like it was going to be a concert. But those people didn't know the Lord well, and so they, they doubted what was happening. They were doubters there in the crowd and that followed him, and it's the same thing today. People may follow you to the church house, but they doubt. There was a funeral on yesterday. My heart broke because so many people there did not know Jesus in my estimation. 
They came in looking any old kind of way. Disrespect for the house of the Lord. You see, if you know Jesus, then you know this is his house. His house is the house of prayer. You know in scripture that Jesus put a little old rope together and while they were doing their thing and then selling stuff, he whooped them out of there. This is his house. When we come to his house, we ought to praise him and we ought to thank him, have some respect for his house. Don't throw paper on the floor and don't you no chewing gum in here. No drinks. Some people get upset because you got a sign that says no liquid in the sanctuary. Uh, we're excluded. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, talking to the disciples. And he says this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Not only did the Pharisees, the scribes, and all of those folks doubt Jesus about his authority. Authority means it is power. He has been given power to do the things that he needs to do. Why? He is God. He is our Lord and our Savior and our soon-coming King. The Lord Jesus is about to give the 11 and us a lifetime challenge meant to serve his kingdom forever. Listen to me. And according to those who were recipients of his teachings, testified that he taught them with authority. Listen to what Matthew 7, 29 says. For he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Oftentimes we hear preachers talking, and at least they say they preach in name, but there's no power in it. Powers in God, in, in the spirit of God, and into the word of God. Spoken through the man of God, for the people of God, for the purpose of God. That our lives might be changed. That we may be helped and encouraged and strengthened. Oh, somebody ought to be with me. The Lord Jesus is about to give the 11 and us that lifetime message, which he did. And according to those who were recipients, he told them. For he taught them as one having authority, not like the scribe. Just to be clear about his authority. He exercised authority in healing, even in forgiven sins. He has authority over Satan, and Jesus has all authority. He has all power, all the time. Somebody praise him. And so 19 is the crux of our message. And therefore, and he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to you and I today. We're so used to, because of whatever in, happened in our lives, we're so used to just coming to the church on Sunday, leaving and acting the same way on Monday and the rest of the week. But you see, we got to be different from everything else. If we want the church of God to grow, we don't worry about the numbers coming in. We can be concerned about discipling new believers that they may go and make more disciples. As we are going, it says, make disciples. Saying the Lord Jesus, how? That's the operative thing today. How are we going to do it? Disciple making is showing another believer how to pray. How many of you know how to pray? Don't raise your hand. If I were to ask just randomly somebody to come, I want you to pray right now. You go there, oh, hold on, hold on, Rev, hold on. I ain't got it all together just yet. Well, how long have you been saying? Uh, probably about four or five years. When you going to pray? Well, I, I pray uh, to myself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell me how it works out. 
You see, when Christ comes into our lives, it's not the end of the, uh, of the beginning. It is, it is the beginning. It's not the end of the whole story. When Jesus comes, there's one or two things you've got to start doing immediately, and that is getting into the Word, being discipled if possible by somebody to teach you the things of God and help you to go on because the enemy of God and God's people will pull you away from God. If you're not careful, he'll get you. The Bible declared that he wants to do three things, steal, kill, and destroy you. He don't care nothing about you or me. He care about moving me out the way or whoever's in this spot. But he want to move you out the way so you're dumb in terms of, his, of God's word. And the problem in the church, my friends, and we haven't done this before, but we're talking about revival for survival. We, the church, need to depend on God to help us to disciple other people. We ought not to be ashamed. My heart is broken because I look around, and I know some of y'all think I think about the numbers. Yeah, I think about the numbers. There's more than 2,700 people are members of the body of Christ. But in Bible study, that's about 1.5%. That's about 28 people. Where are the rest of y'all at? We got several Bible studies. That's Bible study. Dr. Blocker, we got one on Sunday morning. We got a Bible study on Sunday morning. Y'all hear that? Nine o'clock. Get your cup of coffee and drive out here slowly till you get here so you won't get a ticket. We got Bible study on Wednesday night. Brother Chairman, we got a Bible study. This is participated preaching. How long is it, Chairman? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. We only have 30 people in the building. Disciple making. You see, if we are not disciple, if we are not, we will scarce and coming uh, and coming to study the word. Scarce and coming and praying. What's needed in the body of Christ right now? If we began to pray, I don't say like the kids would say, "I, I lay me down to sleep, but pray the Lord my soul to keep." No, no, no. We don't talk about that kind of prayer. We're talking about a prayer of just going to God and pouring it out, not only for ourselves but our church family. For the sick, for those that are incarcerated, and on and on it goes. But the main point, we need to know how to pray. I don't mean that we do inform. Jesus said, you are not known by your much talking. He's talking about the Pharisees. They like to have the long robe, the phylacteries laid out, and they got stuff all over them, and they just walk. Mm. No! God wants us to call him. He told us in his word, call me and I'll answer you and show you mighty things that you do not know. The only time we call him when you got issues. The only time you want to talk to him is when you can't figure it out for yourself. I can't figure out nothing. Something's going to be prayed all the time. It's all right with the Lord. So we need to help a believer. How shall we do it? Disciple making uh, is showing another believer how to pray. And as a matter of fact, if, we, if I'm discipling a person, then, then we'll, you know, they're going to hear me pray. And the more I'm with them, they're going to begin to think about me. We're going to share something later on. Not, not, not only about praying, study the Bible. How many of you study your Bible? That's what I thought. 
in the same place on Wednesday night where the chairman is leading it, we got some, we got some, uh, uh, we got some Bible going on. Dr. Blocker comes in and just blasts us with the word of God. Just, woo! I go out and go like, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Just thank you. Some of y'all say, well, he wasn't talking to me. Yes, he was. Not him, but God. How to pray. How to study the Bible. Didn't, didn't he just say, Reverend Relevant, raise your hand. He's going to do the thing on, on how to study the Bible. Y'all want me to get a picture of him so y'all can see? <laughs> One fault I find in us trying to disciple someone in terms of the Bible, we want them to go to Genesis. There came five Genesis. Start with the Gospels. As a matter of fact, start with John because it talks about Jesus. Study the Bible. And then it says, growing in our faith. What about growing in our faith? You see, a disciple making another disciple is teaching them how to grow in the faith. The world is not our home. We are sojourners in this barren land, says the song. And I know we don't want to deal with that. Oh, that's old school. I don't care if it's no school. You, you see, friends, when, when we talk about growing in our faith, we, we must do what God said. We must be totally in love with the Lord. Men of not in, we just in love with Jesus on Sunday. I hope you don't get in no trouble on Monday. We, we need to grow in our faith. As we are discipling one another, we grow in our faith. How to study the Bible, how to do this, how to do so and so and so on. And lead others to Christ. I, I was so excited when I got saved and after a little while, I'm talking about a little while, uh, those of us Air Force military, uh, retired, uh, we, I had to go to the NCO Academy. I spent all my time trying to get people saved. I still came out number three. Amen. I'm pretty good. But I wanted people saved. I just got saved myself. It was so good, I couldn't let it go. You know how when, when food is good, you want to tell everybody about it. Y'all got to do a good restaurant to go to. We heard about myself yesterday. We going there, baby, baby. Praise the Lord. God is good. He saved me. Yes, I'm doing what I got to do, but I'll use all of our break time to let, them know, let somebody know about Jesus. They, they even gave me a moniker. Oh, you sound like one of them Southern Baptist preachers. Yes, I do. Praise Jesus. No flair. As we say in the street, straight up, no chaser. No, oh, I got you, Debbie. How can we disciple someone else how to pray if we neglect personal and corporate prayer? How can we disciple another believer how to study the Bible and you do not study your Bible? How can you disciple another believer what it takes to spiritually grow and you haven't grown in your walk with Christ? How can you disciple another believer how to lead someone to Christ and you can't or won't lead someone to Christ? We, 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 we were trying to do some other things such as evangelism and, and, and Reverend Yates said, I'll take it, Pastor. But how many of you volunteered? I saw three people. Where, where the rest of y'all at? You may have an excuse, well, I don't know how. Why don't you know how? Did you tell, ask me or one of the ministers? 
Did you ask one of the deacons? No, we didn't. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. Somebody in your own household do not know Jesus. You complain about them and you talk about them. Then if you're going to talk about them, tell them about Jesus. Leave a little sticky notes on the refrigerator. Put it on the door of the room. Do all you can. Beloved, we must make disciples. Don't, don't be, even be ashamed. We're all in the same box. We need to make disciples. We must become a disciple-making church to reach the many who do not know Jesus as Savior. We must. No option. Secondly, we talk about gold and baptize. Christian baptism is one of two ordinances that Jesus instituted for the church. It is the means by which a person makes a public deficient, I'm sorry, public profession of faith and discipleship. Listen to this. I've heard with my own ears those in this place, those who say they are born again but do not want to be baptized. It's the first opportunity you have to obey the Savior. If there's a medical issue, we got, we got that. But th this wasn't medical. This was an issue in their heads, in their hearts, wherever they came from. Listen, you may not have even been born again. You may be trying to fool yourself and other folk. You don't want to be baptized. Why? It's not that good that you got to go swimming. If I had to do that, we'd both be in trouble. I swim like a well-designed aerodynamic rock. <laughs> Why would that happen? There's no inward change in a person's life. And maybe you are not born again, as I was sharing earlier. Remember, baptism is an outward testimony of the inward change in a believer's life. When I got baptized, I, 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 I was wondering what else could I do? But I began, my pastor began to teach and preach, and, and I listened intently, and knowing that when I did get baptized, it, it was something special, and not, not just some ceremony. No, 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 no. This is real. You, you don't think it's real. Let me, let me ride back up. Y'all hold on for a minute. Hold on. Amen. Don't, don't worry about how long we're going to stay. We'll be gone. Amen. The Bible declares in the scripture that we have today, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And baptize them. That's what he says. He said it. And in that name. Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.41 testifies to the power of God's word. As it changes the hearts of those who hear it. Listen to what it says. Then those. This is Peter's message. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I don't know what kind of baptism party they had, but I think they had a, a good one. I, I don't know if, if we had 500 people in here got saved and we had to baptize them one day. Yes, sir. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, we'll, we'll do tag team. Uh, all the ministers line up. Y'all get 10. You got 15. We, we got it. Amen. Did everybody get baptized. Why? Because God said so. That's just the beginning. But this is the real crux. It says, as you are going, teach. Trust me, beloved, everybody in the church is not called to teach. 
There's some folk that teach, but they ought not to be teaching. They ought to be sitting down somewhere. Yeah, I said it. Y'all can cry about that later. Listen to what it says in verse 20. Teaching them, that means other new believers and believers, to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. What things? What things? I looked at the text, it came to mind. What things did he say teach them about? Here's an example. He taught us to love God with all our being. He taught us to love one another. He taught us when offended to forgive one another. He taught us to pray without ceasing. He taught us to give generously. He taught us to praise him. He taught us to worship him in spirit and truth. He taught us to share our faith, to reach the unsaved of mankind by sharing, sharing the gospel of Christ in the power of his name. He taught us that and more. The apostle Paul said in, to his young protege Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.1, he said, you therefore, my son, Paul saved this young man. This young man got saved in Paul's ministry and became a minister himself. And he was discipled by Paul. It says, be strong, Paul tells him, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He just said, be strong in yourself. Oftentimes we hear folk are going through tough times. Like I heard the other morning when, uh, about the, Mr. Tyson uh, 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 that was killed by the Memphis police and people talking to folk. We all be strong. What? They are grieving for their loved one. You talk about be strong? Well, I tell them, listen, God's got it. We are praying for you. Be strong in the Lord. He's got your back. Call me and I'll call you to make sure that you're going to be all right. No, y'all, just be strong. They got certain. Be strong. That's worldly philosophy. If we can be strong, why do you need Jesus? I can't be strong by myself. I can be weak by myself, but I can't be strong. I need him, the Lord Jesus. I need him to touch my life. I need him when I'm weak, I know he's strong. And when I'm down, ow, I know he's up. When I need him the most, he's always there. Why? He said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. When I don't understand stuff, he understands that. When I get an attitude, he knows how to fix it. I depend on the Lord. When we give our all to God, now we're on the right track. When I begin to serve God with all that I have and all that I am, it makes a difference. Yeah, they're going to call you holy or Bible thumping, call me what you want to. But I'm going to serve God until God said, I don't need it anymore. But I'm going to serve him in the morning time. I'm going to serve him in night. Serve him in the day. Serve him when I'm sick. Serve him when I'm well. I'm going to serve him when I don't want to. I'm going to serve him when I got to. I'm going to serve him. Why? Because he's my savior. He's my Lord. And he's my God. He's my soon coming king. I'm not going to serve him just on Sunday, but I served him yesterday in a funeral. 
I serve him tomorrow, whatever he calls me to do. I serve him Tuesday. I serve him Wednesday. I serve him Thursday. I serve him Friday. I serve him Saturday. I serve him Sunday. Woo! There's no time that I won't serve him. I run out of time in my service. I still find, try to find time where I can still serve him. If my neighbor asks me a question, I'm in a hurry. I got to wait to give a few seconds to the call because I got to serve God, my neighbor, in the name of God. You know, not to just be here on Sunday morning. Uh, we come to worship. And even the servants, these are servants of the Lord. They came to worship, but they're serving God. They're playing the music. They're bringing us to where God wants us to be. Lift us up and we praise him. They begin to sing, begin to move our hearts, causing us to serve him. Many of us are sitting there. You want to be entertained. No, this is worship. And we ought to give him all that we got. We need to worship him. The church is so weak, but we think it's strong until we began to disciple one another so they can become disciple makers. And our church will be a light that will shine bright than ever and draw other people to the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to be with me. Be strong, Paul said. Not in your own might, Timothy, but in God. And the thing that you have heard from me, there's a disciple making here. The things you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit them, God tells Paul. And Paul tells Timothy, to faithful men who will be able to teach others, able to disciple others also. That, my beloved, is disciple making. We ought not be talking about the world. We ought to be talking about what does say the Lord. We ought to be open to one another. If they ask you a question, you don't know the answer, don't get crazy, go out your mind, tell them, hold on. I'm going to go and get it. And we're going to talk about it together. Discipling. Did you hear what, what Paul said in Timothy? And the thing that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit them to faithful men. I would say to faithful men, faithful women, so they can become disciple makers. In close, here's the essence of discipleship. Here it is. One believer instructs or teaches another believer in the faith to do what the apostle instructed Timothy. Again, that's disciple making. When we become disciple makers in this body, as I often say, it would be revolutionary to our community. Then we can reach the community. We can't reach the community as one or two people. It's the church 
It's the body of Christ. When we all get disciples, when we all on the same page, then we can let people know how good God is. To make disciples, you must be taught. Unfortunately, many of you do not want to be taught. Y'all don't got to be quiet. Jesus said in verse 20, teach them all things. Here's a little snippet for you. I cannot teach all by myself. I got some brothers right there. I got some brothers over here. We talking about the ministerial staff. We're ready and able to do it. And as we began the discipleship program, I humbly ask all of you, as many as possible, to join up. Don't tell me you ain't got no time. We all got the same 24 hours. You got to make time. Friends, if you don't make time for God, you, you don't have no time. Well, I've been in the church 50 years. Well, that's fine. When are you going to serve God? I've I done my thing. Listen, we ain't done our thing until we call home. I know we get tired in this body, yes. We don't take so much, yes. But God, how about volunteers? Let me just beat that up a minute. We are calling for volunteers for various ministries. And truly, church, our church is actually getting smaller because we have so many ministries and we don't have space. Chief of Staff and I and others, and we're trying to find space for the ministries. But that's okay. God will make a way somehow. And I'm to myself, I said, Lord, we need the Family Life Center now because if we ain't running out of space, we are out of space in teaching. I asked the Lord, I just shared it with him several times. So I'm in asking you to engage me and engage God in prayer that he'll work it out. That's disciple making. Let's finish it up. To make disciples, you must be taught. And again, Jesus says in verse 20, teach them all things he has commanded us. The object of teaching new believers is to make disciples so that they will teach others to become disciple makers. It's not enough to win people to the Savior. We must also teach them the word of God. And as we teach the word of God, God begins to work mightily in them. The question then is this. Since there is such a great number of unreached people groups around the world, even in San Antonio, why then are they unreached or not evangelized by local church members? The answer is simple. Many followers of Christ are not disciple and are not prepared by God's word or God's people nor his spirit to reach the lost. As I said, we got lost in all of our families. Our extended family, there's lost. 
We don't pay them no mind. Folks will tell you, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, but you ought to be in somebody's church. That's nonsense. Who is somebody? You can come to this church all you want to, but it ain't going to make you saved. You can go, go to a garage and stay there for 100 years, but it won't make you a car or a truck. I understand what they mean is that you should go to church. But where it really should happen, there'd be some Christian that's going to be talking to somebody and tell them about the goodness of the Lord. That's what needs to happen. I don't care if they don't want to hear it, because you know they don't want to hear it. I'm good. I'm, I'm this. I'm that. No, I'm just asking, do you know Jesus? When you have opportunity, God will work it out. As church family, we must repent of our non-committalness. We need to ask God for forgiveness and begin to obey his commandment to make disciples who will become disciple makers. And listen, lastly, those of you who are believers, those who are online and with us right now, I would request that you begin to obey the Lord's command this day to make disciples of all nations, all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to obey the Lord's every instruction. If you don't know the Lord, those of you that might be in here and those online, you may not know the Lord. I'm not picking on you. I'm just telling you, you may not know Jesus. There's something in your heart that's why you want to be here. Maybe somebody asked you to come. We thank God for that. But if you're here, you're not here by accident. You're here by God's providence. He wants you to hear it in another way that you may get to know the Savior for yourself. Many people are afraid. I know I was. I was scared to death. If I got saved, I'm going to lose all my friends. People are going to hate me. Well, all that came true. But I also had a lot of new friends. Amen. whole bunch of new friends. Why haven't you trusted Christ today? I'm asking you that don't believe in him. Perhaps you were confused or afraid, but the word of God testifies. It testifies that you can have eternal life right now. According to Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13, it says this, and if you have a Bible, you can underline it in your Bible, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say be saved tomorrow or next week. You do it right now, God will save you right now. You'll have a whole new life right now. In verse 10 and 13, for it is written what is with your heart that you believe and are justified or put right. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For everyone, listen to me, church, everyone, the enemy of God and God's people will have you to believe that God picks and chooses who he wants to be saved. That's not so. The scripture says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People believe today who committed great sins 
And they will say, well, I'm not good enough. I've done some bad things or all those kinds of things. I'm done, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. God already knows all of that. Well, you don't have to tell me. He wants you saved. He wants you to come to know him as Savior. Yes, everyone, even you, can be born again according to God's word and power. So if that's you today, come and let's reach together lost people for Christ. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.